like the lack of clarity mm-hmm. will leave you stuck. Yeah. And that we talk about all the time with the coaches of like, of course you will feel like yeah. this and frustration. If number one, you don't know what your vision is and yeah. you don't know what your life, what you want it to look like. If you don't know what your strengths are and who you are and who you need to be, start there. Yeah. Welcome to A Better Life with Brandon Turner. That is me, where world-class guests share their wisdom on building a better life. Join me as we explore the habits, the actions, and the beliefs that have guided their journey with the aim of helping you apply those lessons to your own. We set Hello, everybody. This is Brandon Turner, and this is not actually part of the podcast right here. Uh, This is an introduction to the podcast, which normally I don't do. But today, I wanted to give a couple quick heads up about this episode. I guess you can call them a disclaimer, a trigger warning, whatever. It was okay. So let me give you the backstory to this one. So as we were putting together this new podcast, A Better Life, I had a good friend in town named Maria, and so I said, Maria, let's record an episode and and test it out. I don't know if we'll ever air it, but let's just try and see if we can. you know, do it. So this was actually the very first episode we ever did. And we sat in my sea shed and we started talking and Alex, who is the creative director for the podcast. So as we're sitting there, he's still setting stuff up, still setting the cameras up, still setting microphones up. We just started chatting and we quickly got into some really deep stuff. Like before we even finished setting everything up. So we don't even have video for this episode, which by the way, we have YouTube coming soon. And it really, we got deep right away. And what we're talking about early on, I guess we, I just, I don't want to like give away the whole show, but we started talking about is the uh, loss of a child. Uh, and so I wanted to throw that out there in case there are people who maybe have sensitivities around that. I mean, it's kind of a, a warning for you all. It's such a powerful conversation and I would highly recommend everyone listen to it. Uh, we talk about a lot more than that, but just the first part of this episode, we definitely go into some heavy things. So I just wanted to give that uh, warning out there for everybody uh, in case it's something you definitely do not want to listen to, then maybe you want to skip through some of that. But um, I think you should listen to it. So with that said, like I said, we've got uh, videos coming soon for every episode. We uh, invested very heavily in the video side of this. So we've got a new YouTube channel launching very soon. So look for that. And uh, yeah, if you're not following Better Life over on Instagram, we actually have an Instagram account for that as well. So at Better Life, you can find out about upcoming episodes and all that good stuff. So with that said, we're just going to start the episode and drop right into the conversation with Maria Freestrom. You know, your life is pretty awesome right now. I mean, here you are, you've got this, you've got this, you got a bunch of rental properties, but you know, you travel around the world, you got amazing pictures. You were a model. I know it, but like, walk us, like, where, where was the bottom? Like, where was the bottom? Uh, if you could look back on the last, how old are you today? 42. 42. On the last 42 years of your life, where can you say like, that was the bottom? Yeah. And then you answer like now, now I'm still doing hero's journey, but like you might answer that a hundred different ways. You might go to the miscarriage part or you might, there might be another bottom you want to go through. And that was just another, you know, like there's a lot there. Yeah. Can I correct you on something? Please. <laughs> I thought about, please, please. <laughs> I thought about doing it later on the yeah. podcast itself. But so when you call it a miscarriage, yeah. it feels bad. Okay. Because she died. Yeah. 
right? So mm-hmm. for me, that's a difference. Mm. And legally, it's a difference. So yeah. at a certain point, it's a miscarriage. But when you okay, go yeah. over a certain week, like in Finland, it's if you're 1,500 grams or yeah. larger, the baby. Or no, it's 500. I don't know. But it's like a specific size of the baby or yeah. See, I would like love weeks that. of the that's baby. Great, right. Great so like topic. educational. of like so. And is that in the U.S., do you know? I don't know what it is in the U.S. Because that leads into a really interesting discussion about yes. abortion, abortion, right? Like, yes. which I don't necessarily want to touch on, but I'm not, I'm not Dude. afraid of it. Yeah, I'm not afraid yeah. of it either. Like, at where do we... I, I'm not even sure yeah. how I feel about that because hard... of that experience, right? Yeah, like, I hate when... Yeah, this is like, I mean, this is the topic right here, right? But, like, when you judge the situation based on whether you wanted the child or not, right. like, that's a weird, like... Yeah. Chrissy Teigen and John... What's his name? John, uh, the singer. Um, Mayor. Not no, John Mayer. John. The other one. John uh, I know. El- not, not El- John Legend. Right? Legend. Yeah, yeah. When they, like, I remember Chrissy Teigen saying something about that. About like, shoot, what was it? I wish I could remember the exact quote. We can look it up later. But it was something like, like because they wanted the child, it was sad. But if they wouldn't have, it would have been just an abortion. It's like, how do like do yeah. we? Is that where value comes from? Is you wanting something? Like, that seems weird. Yeah. Like, is there intrinsic value at 1,500 grams or whatever that number is, right? Like, yeah. oh, now we can call it, like, what about 1,499? Or what was the number, 1,500? Like, yeah, I, I think it's 500. 500. So at 499, we, it's not valuable. Or like, a, a week. Yeah. I think it's 20 weeks in Finland or something like that. So yeah. if it passes that, then it's considered a death. That's what it yeah. is for US, 20 weeks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then, so, but on top of that, we didn't get a birth certificate yeah. because she was stillborn. Mm. So for me, it's important to talk about her being stillborn as yeah. opposed to like versus a miscarriage. Yeah. I have, I've had those as well, okay. a few, and this is different. Yeah. Right. So I, Millie, I got to bury, like I gave birth to her. I yeah. buried her. It's, it's different than the yeah. miscarriages I had. So in my mind, I'm like, it would be awesome to have I, I got a gravestone, I got a grave, and I got to bury her, but yeah. I didn't get a birth certificate. So yeah. when we went to pick her up from the morgue a couple of weeks after she was born, it was my name mm. on the death certificates. And that was like, because a part of me died, yeah. you know, like with her. And I'm like, it's black and white that I'm like, I'm dead. Yeah. So there's a lot that I kind of want to unpack there and and maybe I at some point maybe fight for to just be like children that are still born yeah are just because they didn't come with their eyes open or yeah um because they didn't have that first cry yeah they're still, they're still your kids. like it's hard for me not to say I have three kids yep. right and sometimes I choose not to yeah I don't know if I've ever and told anybody fine. publicly this but like not that we're public yet but like now that like, yeah, when we put in, uh, we did in vitro, right, for Rosie and Wilder. When we put mm. in Rosie, we put in two, mm. right? So now that was just an embryo, but we put in mm. two and Rosie made it. Do I have a? Do I have three kids right now or do I have two kids right now? Like, yeah. how do you count that? I mean, clearly it was really early, right? So like, you know, the conservatives in America would say, yeah, you know, at at birth, or at conception, life begins. And I, I fall into that camp. So I would say, yeah, I like, I believe, you know, I believe in heaven and I believe someday I will be in heaven and I believe I will, like... I like, y'all have a kid there, right? Like, yeah. But I got it's like weird to think that, right? Cause like, yeah. why would, yeah, cause it's just, it's just tissue, right? But, well, so in my mind, 
it is a life that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. And with that comes grief. Yeah. And I think you should be justified to have that grief. Yeah. And I think it's something that I've been sad for. And I, I feel the same way. Like, how how do I count? Like, I've had four miscarriages and I've given birth three times. Yeah. Well, I have seven children. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Uh-huh. Right? I've, I've wanted them all. But um, somehow, for me, it's, I talk about three. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe it's because the way you're treated when you go to the hospital and... Uh, one of the miscarriages was week 10, I think, and it was a missed miscarriage. So it didn't, the baby didn't come out naturally, but so I had to go in and he is so, they're like, well, this happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, not to me. Not to, yeah, me. Not to me. And yeah. this is, this is a really, really big, big thing for me. So how how do you, I mean, like, how do you even deal with, let me, let me ask it this way, like as a person who's gone through that with a with a child you know stillborn is that the right phrasing stillborn yeah stillborn like how do you wish people would have responded to you like mm. reach out to you ask you know whatever like like apologize like how do you how do you how do you wish you were responded to at that moment and yeah. maybe how were you yeah i think there is a misconception about grief which is thinking that people want to be left alone mm, yeah and I think that most people want people to reach out. And it was interesting to me because the one person that became like the biggest support for me was a new friend. So what she would do is she'd just show up at my house and she's like, I've got pizzas pizzas in the car. <laughs> like, I can come in and give them to you and then leave. Or would you want to go for a walk? Yeah. And then that's it. Nothing like how can I help you? Or how can, like, you, when you're in grief mode, like the acute mode, you are so tired of making decisions. You have the worst decision fatigue. And this is not true just for losing a child. It's grief altogether, like any any grief. But especially when it's an out-of-order grief, right? So you're not supposed to bury your child. So when you're in that dark moment, she would just, like, call me and she's like you don't have to pick up i just want to see that the bubble becomes green or whatever uh, yeah. she'd send me texts every day just to see like that i saw it and she, she would some days try to send me a joke and like see what sticks yeah. <laughs> type of thing yeah. and she became like she saved me in many ways so i think that's one you have got to let people grieve right yeah. so don't try to make them feel better necessarily but hold their hand like it's they're sitting by the abyss and all they need is you to hold them their hand and be okay with sitting by the abyss with you mm. so i think that's that's a couple of things that i'd it's a say. terrible comparison but it was interesting um rosie Last week, we lost our cat. Not lost. The cat Aww. died. We had to put their cat down. Yeah. And we've had that cat for 12, 13 years. So uh, um, I wasn't as attached as some people are to their animals. Like, it was sad. But, you know, I cried. But, like, it wasn't like a... But for Rosie, uh, like, when we had to tell her we're taking the cat in to, to put the cat down. And, like, trying to figure out that words. Anyway, it was just, like, I wanted so much to not tell her. And I wanted yeah. to just disappear the cat. I guarantee she would have never... Uh, known. Like, she would have just, like, after a few weeks, she'd be like, I haven't seen Sissy. I'm like, weird, right? I could have easily bypassed that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then this was an interesting. I haven't really fully, like, when I told her, she looked at me and she goes, can we get another cat then? 
And I was like, oh, this is not going to be a big deal at all. This is just like, oh, great. And then she started shaking. Yeah. And then she started, and then she just sobbed. And I was fascinated in the moment. I still am. Was like the reaction to grief was like this disassociation immediately with like, well, can I just get another cat? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know how that compares in any way to this. I just it was it was interesting to see a child, a six year old, go through grief. Yeah. For the first time. Ah, oh, there's so much to unpack mm. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think one thing that comes to mind with that is. I don't think I've laughed so hard mm. as I did when Visa and I were like picking out the casket. Really? Me. Yeah. So it is the weirdest thing to have to go through, right? To to try to choose what to lay your baby into the ground in. And, yeah. and at the same time, we, we, we like saw this crazy TikTok video of, uh, it was like a, a group of African, it's, it's a African what do you call it? An African burial. Okay. And they dance. So they there's like this do, 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 and they dance and they go down on the floor and they do like the worm thing. And then yeah. they and that's how they carry the casket. And so we're watching this and we cannot stop laughing. <laughs> so we are obviously destroyed as people and like part of us has died. But the realization of like it is possible to feel extreme joy and grief at yeah. the same time and that's perfectly normal and how quickly it can shift right yeah. so you can go from being like oh can we get another one into i will never yeah recoup from this type of thing or like and then the oscillation is like really really fast wow and i think okay so one more thing that i wanted to say about that because we have two older children stella and lucas at that point they were were they three and four, I think. And uh, how, what, how do you tell your children? Because we knew that Millie oh, wouldn't make yeah. it because she had, she had Tristan May 13. Yeah. Some people are like, well, you shouldn't tell, tell them, them right? Yeah. And luckily we're able to talk to uh, this child psychologist. And she's like, if you don't tell them, they will make stuff up. Yeah. They might think that they killed the baby because they accidentally like kicked you in the stomach yeah. or whatever. So we had really, really good conversation about life and death and how that impacts. And, but I think that was also one of the hardest and still is yeah. for me to see the kids not, especially yeah. Stella not being able to be a big sister to yeah. have, um, she is. And I tell her, I'm like, you are a big sister. She's just not here. And they're like, we know she's in our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's probably been the the thing that has made me groan. Can I shift the question another direction too? And that is the idea of, you know, I asked like how people reacted to you and how you wish they would have, but yeah. talking to other people in the future who are going through something similar, like the loss of a child or something like what can you say to them? Like, cause I mean, honestly, every single human is going to go, not always a child, but a yeah. parent, a loved one, like everybody goes through that. So yeah. like, how can they get through it? Like, what did you learn in that, uh, that you maybe wish you would have known or that you learned in the process? Yeah. Ask them about them. I love talking about Millie the same way I love mm -hmm. talking about Stella and Lucas. People are just too scared to ask yeah. because they're like, I don't want to remind you about that. And I'm like, it's not mm. like I'm going to go forget, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the number one. And then one thing I love is saying, I'm sorry they couldn't stay longer. 
Yeah. Right. You see them and meet them in the pain. Let them have the pain. Don't try to make it better. Don't say that they're in a better place because that's for you to feel better, not yeah. for them. So it's about an acknowledgement, acknowledging their pain and being brave enough yourself yeah. to hold their hand. I think society is just not... Um, I was diagnosed with depression, for instance, mm. because... Before or after? After. After, okay. after. And I'm like, I'm not depressed. Yeah. I'm grieving. But if it takes longer than three months, then it's considered like you can't... There's nothing that says that you're grieving. You need to like have some sort of a diagnosis. All right. So yeah. I think that's also one to just be like, society needs to be okay with people not feeling great all yeah. the time. And that grief takes time. So that was probably one thing I went to the doctor for something else. I went to one doctor and she's like, um, asked me about things. And I told her what had happened. And, and she's like, wow, but it is so fresh. It just happened. And in my mind, it had been a year. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it's been a year. And she's like, you just lost a child. And that, I don't know, just that empathy. Yeah. So I think having patience yeah. is, is big. Yeah, I could see people wanting to just move it along quickly. Like, let's just get over it. Like, even like, you know, oh, you know, yeah, it's been a year. Come on. It's time to, you know, pull yourself together. Yeah. But it's like, that never leaves. Like, yeah. And it's hard to, I don't want to be telling people, well, don't say this, because that's the reason people are too scared to say anything, because yeah. they're so afraid of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. So, but the one thing that, that I would say to, like, stay, stay away from, oh, damn it, what was it? I forgot. What was it? There's so many things. <laughs> well, one was people are like... Well, you have the two, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. you have two children. Right? And I'm two. like, oh, which one of your kids would you yeah. Yeah. kill yeah. off <laughs> and be okay with, with like not having? Um, that's one. And um, damn it, it might come back. That's right. If yeah. It does, it will. Yeah. All right. So on this show, 100% of all the profits every week that we make from advertising revenue on the show, we give towards a charity of our guest choosing. What? charity out there maybe you know their name maybe it's just a specific one you can look into but where would you like the revenue from this show to go towards trisomy 13 okay and that's the that's the diagnosis your daughter millie millie yeah uh, yep okay yeah and normally i would ask the question like why is why? that important to you <laughs> clearly we've uh yeah well i can answer that. it okay yeah um because and I think this is the difference in between U.S. and Finland or Scandinavia altogether. I think it's better here. So in the U.S., people have an understanding of children with trisomy 13, that there's a chance for them to have a life that is meaningful. And in Finland, it's, it's more geared towards people thought it was weird for me to even give her a chance mm. everybody told me to uh to have an and abortion it, yeah. because the chances were so low for her to make it or yeah. uh right so so i think a big portion of that i'd like to go towards just education yeah. and show that these children can have meaningful lives and and those families can have you know it's not all hard 
Well, is that so? What? It's, say the name again of it. It's tri, what? trisomy thirteen. Trisomy. Yeah. So okay. that means that there's a third chromosome on the thirteenth. Okay. Chromosome. So you're saying some of them actually make it through to birth and they, they live yeah. a life, and yeah. do some then then like don't make it through. Like, how does that? Do you know percentage of anything yeah, like that? Like, what do you know about I can't this? remember anymore exactly what the percentage is, but I think I think it's almost 90% don't make it. Okay. And it's hard to know because the early miscarriages, some of them might be trisomy yeah. 13s, and they never get examined, right? So uh, about 10% make it. And I, if I remember correctly, and don't quote me on this, I'm not 100% sure, but I think out of those, about 10% make it their first year yeah okay. so so if they if they're born alive yeah it's a small chance for for okay. them to wow to make all right it. well we'll make sure to give any revenue from this show that we get uh yeah towards that but that's uh, cool when was this by the way time wise on it your, was 2020 okay 2020 yeah. so not too long ago yeah and i it's it's like it was a hard year for everybody sure. in many ways but yeah, yeah. Well, let me get into the the question I ask everybody on every episode of this show is, what are three things you have done in the past year, let's call it the last 12 months, that has improved your life and given you a better a better life today? Mm. I hired a mindset coach. Mm. That was a big one for me. Okay. Mm. It's a part of being here. I, I, came, I came here, but I think it was a decision to commit time and money into my personal development, mm. signing up for your mentorship. That's cool. What, what do you call that? Like shooting sunshine up your skirt? Sure. Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, blowing sunshine up my skirt. Okay. I'm shooting it. <laughs> Good. All right. And uh, you, can, you can shoot it. Uh, number three. <laughs> and number three. I want to say it was my decision, but I think... Okay, so let me say it, and you'll you can say if it qualifies. My husband quit his job, ah. and so I want to say it was our mutual. Oh, I like that. That was a good decision. Yeah. How is how has that improved your life? And what's he well, doing now? Is he helping so, with the kids, or are he yeah. building a business? Yeah, it's changed everything. Okay. He was a bit of a shell of a person, having worked fifteen plus year corporate traveling 150 days a year he didn't really know the kids yeah and i think millie is one of the huge re or i know she is one of the big reasons for him to finally make the decision so he now has a couple of passion projects he uh, works on a couple startups but he's home a lot he doesn't travel a lot now i do the traveling and I got him back. Yeah. I think is the biggest thing. He's been, yeah, more like a shell. How are we able to do that? Like financially, was that just a decision to cut all expenses down to nothing? Or do you, do you like, <laughs> where's the income come from? How do you, how do you pay the bills? Well, I set a goal for myself a few years back, which was to, uh, to free visa. This is his name. Okay. Uh, it's like free Willie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I set that goal and I achieved it through real estate investing. Mm. So was able to build a rental portfolio and uh, increase our net worth to the point where that was sustainable for us to, to be financially secure for the rest of our lives, depending on our lifestyle. But then uh, we were also able to have a really good cash flow 
influx from a flip that we did. Uh, That's cool. So just living off of that enabled us to to get like a longer, longer, what do you call that? Runway. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels pretty cool to be able to say that, especially because a lot of men, middle-aged men, (laughs) are like... When Good I think I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> when when I wrote articles for Bigger Pockets, I got a lot of messages going like, "Well, I can read between the lines that she has a rich husband." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, he has a good job." But I think the biggest impact is us working together, like making each other better. Yeah. And it's it's not that so especially now, I'm like, well, actually, he makes zero. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he does have he has, has a job, but no income. Yeah. What do you so, What do you buy? You're buying in Finland. You're buying in the U.S. Like real estate. Both. I okay. started in the U.S., but I built my portfolio. The biggest part of it in in Finland. And you're getting cash flow in Finland. Yes. Right now, it's negative though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just keep buying those, and eventually it'll turn yeah. positive, right? That's a yeah. Thing. So I never, <laughs> when I when I built the portfolio, the focus was not primarily on cash flow. Okay. The primary focus was return on investment okay. and just velocity of money. Yeah. Really. So I did Burr, and I was able to pretty quickly. Uh, get an increase in our net worth and we didn't need the cash flow because we did have his pay to use for that so it was more focused on that but now i've oh i didn't say that what i've done in in the 12 months i i launched a coaching okay that i'm pretty excited about and what's the goal of that well it goes back to uh, another thing that you taught me Keep blowing that yeah. sunshine. I yeah. Well, as a part of the work that I put in a couple years of just like self-development. So the first mastermind, the first Maui mastermind yeah. that I came to, it's almost three years ago now. Crazy. Is it? No. Could Two be? years? Two and a half? I don't do time. I I'm can't not remember. <laughs> but it was pretty shortly after Millie had died. And I was lost. And I came there and I'm like, dude, I'm going to come back with like a business plan. And like next level, I'm going to do big things. And and then I came back. It was Rich Fetke. Do you remember? Mm, yeah. He led us through this yeah. visualization exercise yeah. where you meet your future self. Yeah. And they give you a present. Well, number one, my future self was dead. (laughs) So so that was like intense. But she gave me one thing, and that was the word peace. So what I took away from that was not a business plan. Rather, it was focusing on healing. And I started therapy, and I I spent time on just developing myself and, and finding peace and being okay with being as opposed to doing and and all that. So one of the exercises that you had us do the second year around. So the first year I'm like, peace and out, like kumbaya. (laughs) And after that, I'm like, well, who do I need to be? Now that I'm starting to realize who I'm not anymore and like who I am, now I want to figure out who I need to be to get to where I want to go. So that's when we did the vision exercise and I sat and I wrote down my vision. And as a part of that, I wrote, I want to help a hundred people become financially free. Mm. So that's what led me to then start the, the coaching of like, I myself had felt so stuck, I think, I knew how to do it. I could do a deal at a time. I built the portfolio, did a lot of like DIY stuff, 
but I was frustrated. I'm like, it was cool until it wasn't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because my mom taught me this, like, don't say how, I can't say how do I, how yeah, can yeah. I? And I did. So I, I just figured stuff out. And now I'm like, well, it doesn't feel good anymore. Like that doesn't take me where I want to go. And then you, you bastard, you came up with this. The, I think uh -oh. it was a keynote that you had, or you talked about alignments, and you talked about when you're having frustrations or some level of like bad feelings. It's always because you're misaligned mm. and misaligned in your your vision, your mission, your passion, your values, and your actions yeah. and your feelings. And that's when I'm like, dude. I forgot I, about that keynote. That was, a good, was, that was so a good keynote. Good. I haven't talked about that in forever. Yeah, it was mission, yeah. Yeah, mission vision, vision passion, passion, actions, action, and feelings. Yeah, emotion. Emotion. Right? Yeah, because it was yeah. a five shuns. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. It was silly because it was like action. <laughs> it clearly didn't work, but uh, it made me laugh every time I said it. Yeah, and if you're, if you're feeling aligned in all those five areas, yes. like you know where you're going vision-wise, yeah. passion. What You know, I remember this too. I... I hadn't thought about this in like a year at least. The idea of passion, like the the movie Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Like when we as Americans or whatever, you know, just English speakers say passion, we're yeah. usually talking about like what I'm excited about. Yeah. But like what how does that make sense with Passion of the Christ? When we say the the passion, it's because it's like the the root word or what it actually means is like something like you're willing to like devote your life to ah. and like sacrifice for. Yeah. And so what you it's like I'm passionate about real estate. I'm sacrificing a lot to be good at real estate. Does that it mean passion. to suffer? Yeah, to like, suffer. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Like to su what are you willing to suffer for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. remember better than I remember. Uh, you listen better than <laughs> I, I listen yourself. Yeah, yeah to I pay attention. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's like, I'm not, I can't find my passion. I can't find my passion. Like, yeah, I just want to, you know, yeah, are you willing to suffer? Like, yeah, suffer yes. for it. I'm passionate about my wife, not because I'm passionately in love like yeah, I, I hope you are too I am, you know but <laughs> well, it I, depends on the day <laughs> I, yeah, I will suffer uh like i will go through hell to make sure we have a good marriage yeah like, no matter what happens like highs lows whatever i'm there so i it's almost like we create our own passion in a way it's yeah. not something you find it's not like oh look there's my passion uh, <laughs> it's like what are you willing to devote your life to and suffer yeah. for and put in the work to get the better life. Yeah, you choose your heart, or like I like to yeah. say, your poo sandwich. Well, and that that is such a valid point. How would you translate that? I'm gonna let you do it because I don't want I want to take your thunder because you just said it. The idea of choose your heart. How does that apply to real estate investors today in mm. today's market? It's a hard market, but how does that? How would you apply yeah. that to somebody who wants to get into real estate? Hmm. Like specifically with the yeah, climate like, that we're yeah. in. Like when it would be a situation where you would yell at a real estate investor, like a newbie, be like, yeah. listen, you just got to pick your heart. Like what would, yeah. like why would that well, connect? Any situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always going to be some part that's hard. If it's yeah. easy to get money, it's hard to find deals. Yeah. If it's easy to find deals, it's hard to find money, right? Yeah. It's it's always something that's hard. And and I think that was one of the reasons, well, a couple reasons. One, I realized, dude, if I'm stuck and if I'm feeling this frustration and misalignment um, before I got past it, like I bet other people are too. And I also realized that a lot of people say to me when I coach them, they're like, I can't find money. But what it really comes down to, they're not committed enough, yeah. 
right? So when I ask him, I'm like, all right, so how many banks have you spoken to? Yeah. And show me your pitch deck and show me your business plan and yeah. show me your Excel for your net worth and what that's looked like for the past five years. They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, so you need two things. You don't have the knowledge, right? Yet you need to study these things and you need to prep for them. And two, you haven't committed enough, yeah. right? So yeah, you say you want it. You say you're passionate about it. Yeah. But you haven't been willing to even suffer through talking to a couple of banks. Right. Or making some cold calls. Like, right. are you really passionate about financial freedom if you're not willing to suffer financial freedom? Yeah. That's a TikTok right there. Are you, yeah, like, right? Like, are you passionate about financial freedom if you're not willing to suffer for it? Yeah. And, and uh, you talk about this all the time with the deal funnel, right? Yeah. It's like, how many deals do you analyze yeah. per day? How many do you uh, put offers on, right? It's it's just math. Yeah. And also the clarity on like, all right, so what's your uh, metric, your number one metric? Most people don't know. Even the really seasoned investors are like, well, you know, cash flow. I'm like, well, is it cash and cash return? Yeah. Or like, so what sort of cash flow? Yeah. Right. Okay. So is that more important than return investment? Yeah. How do you calculate return investment? Like people don't even know. Yeah. Like, how do you know what deal is a good deal mm. if you're not crystal clear on that? Yeah. And yeah, so real estate I, should be, in fact, a like real estate investors are, no, I don't say trouble, but like, Real estate is, you can make it very clearly go or no go, you know, like either I do it or you don't because you have metrics yeah. to find. And like you said, most people don't have those. Like there's no like, yeah, yeah. what, what are you actually aiming for? You want this cash and cash return, this, 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 this. And at the end of the day, you go, okay, this is my criteria. I call that in uh, the multifamily millionaire, the crystal clear criteria. Yes. Like this is what you buy. And yep. if you hit that, you buy it. It's not an emotional case. It's just, right. this is what I buy. And so often, like the lack of clarity mm-hmm. will leave you stuck. Yeah. And that we talk about all the time with the coaches of like, of course you will feel like yep. this and frustration. If number one, you don't know what your vision is and yeah. you don't know what your life, what you want it to look like. If you don't know what your strengths are and who you are and who you need to be, start there. Yeah. Then you can talk about where are you today? What does your current portfolio look like? And how do you want, or what does that look like if it just continued with this? Oh, like, have you done a forecast on that? Yeah. Well, that's like pretty hard to do yeah. if you consider all the different, but there are ways to do that. And then you can be like, all right, so now you know your metrics for you. Yep. Like nobody else can tell that before you know and have that clarity. And then you can go, into like, all right, now you can pick a strategy. Now you can pick what deal is a good deal for you. So I, I really, I, I just, I like the holistic yeah. approach with that. It's beautiful. All right, let me go back to uh, something you said earlier I want to dig on. You said, well, now it's all, it's all negative. What changed? Like, what why is did, negative? Oh, my portfolio. Yeah, you said, well, that was negative. <laughs> and I wanted to dig in, but we didn't get back to it. So now I'm going back to it. Like what, what changed to make that? Did our tenants yeah. just stop paying? no. Interest rates. Oh. So my rental portfolio is in Finland, and uh, we uh, do arms a okay. lot more than we Which do is, in the for those US. Who don't know, Adjustable arm? rate mortgages. Okay. Yeah. So. So the rate can go up and down. Based the rate on, can go up and yeah. down, and they're tied to most of my loans are tied to either a six month or a twelve month Eurobor. So that means that every six or twelve months, the it adjusts adjusts yeah. to whatever it is at that point. So. I uh, chose not to lock them in because it was a part of my risk mitigation plan. I knew that at some point the rates would go up, but it, my business case just made made sense that way. So I've known ahead of time yeah. that they will be cash flow negative at, at some point, but it's okay because that's not my primary metric. Mm. Now, however, however, 
they're still appreciating and 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 it's it's a healthy portfolio and we have good equity in it so we could refinance and and be okay with that but because it was always a part of my risk mitigation plan i i have buffers in place and and there are things that we could do to the mortgages to to change that but it's definitely nerve-wracking yeah yeah it's not fun nobody wants negative yeah i've invested in real estate for seven plus years so this is my first downturn and that's why it's so cool to be in these masterminds where it's like i have close friends who've been in downturns and i can ask them for insight so it helps with the sleeping (laughs) (laughs) well it also shows like you know there's so many people who got into real estate back in the past you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years, right? That have never experienced a downturn. And so they, yeah. these lessons are valuable to hear. Like, for example, the adjustable rate mortgage, this is what caused all the problems last time in 07. Yeah. And then we kind of forget over time. And again, you know, you had a mitigation. I'm not saying you did anything wrong there. Yeah. But like, I found myself getting like, like in my own real estate, like they'd be like, hey, do you want to, three one arm five one arm or fix i'm like well the fix is two points higher i'd rather just get an arm yeah because i forget about oh seven yeah and so then all of a sudden i'm like well shoot now now granted they put a lot of protections in place like for example in the u.s anyway like if i have an adjustable rate a lot, there's usually a cap on it it's usually like 11 percent. there's like some number that's like can't go above that oh so i don't know yeah maybe finland doesn't have that but we have yeah we, don't. Yeah, we have a cap not and again maybe not always but all the ones that i've done have a cap and i've yeah. always said when i do that whenever i do an adjustable rate i say can i still does this make sense if it goes to 11? There's also a rate right. of how fast it can get there. Yeah. If it, so I run what's called a worst case analysis, right? Worst case scenario, WCSA. <laughs> worst case scenario, yeah, I don't know. Worst <laughs> no. case scenario analysis. I feel like there should be an acronym there. Or a yeah, I think it should, should be scam. Yeah, yeah, okay, there. <laughs> you, run the, you run the numbers and you're like, all right, this, if the worst thing happens here, I'm yeah. probably still okay. And maybe that's because I still cash flow. Maybe it's because I've got other income. Maybe it's because I've got so much equity I could sell it if I had to. But always having that, like, and now it's not like worst cases, like, you know, a plague hits and we all die, right? But like, the, yeah. the wor- I think I even call it in one of the books I wrote, like the worst case, like worst plausible case scenario analysis where it's like, yeah. let's just like, talk realistic. You know, rents, rents go down a little bit. Like rents drop 10%. Yeah. And at the same time, rates go up. Am I, am I bankrupt? No. Yeah. Okay. Then I guess I can move forward. Right. Tim Ferriss talks about this in the four hour work week. Yeah. Uh, right. Like, should you yeah. quit your job? Right. The, the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love that yeah. book, man. So it made such a big impact on me. All right. So, so can I say please. just one more thing on that? So in my, <laughs> <laughs> I would have said it anyways. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah it doesn't really Was not really waiting for yep. <laughs> the approval. <laughs> so in my, I've, developed this real estate investing Excel portfolio overview, if you will. Yeah. And as a part of that, so the rates in Europe were 0. 0.7. 0.7%. So like, like it was zero, Yeah. but then with the margin, so the bank margin was like 0. Yeah. 0.7. Yeah. So I paid 0. 0.7 wow. for my loans. Yeah. Um, wow. My loan to, what's that called? Loan to value? Loan to value, loan yeah. to value is, is pretty low. That was one of my risk mitigation okay, like, yeah. uh, criteria. So but, like your loan amount compared to what it's worth. Yeah. Is yeah. So you're not trying Maximum to ninety five percent. No, yeah, it's okay. like sixty yeah. percent. Yeah. So that's why I like I, I feel comfortable because I have a lot of equity and, yeah. and all this. Anyways, so as a part of that Excel, and which was one of the reasons the banks were okay to give me loans when I yeah. got like when I came with my new uh, uh, investment company, I knew what my portfolio looked like 
if the rates went up to one, three, and six percent. And I mean, that's the stress test that the banks do anyways. But I came to them, I'm like, dude, I know what it's going to look like. And here's my risk mitigation plan. Here's A, B, and C scenarios. Here's if it goes well. Anyways, so, um, and we do... There are ways to get caps on the arms, yeah. but you have to pay for them. Yeah, we obviously, do that in the, right? uh, yeah. commercial so, world here. And they never... Yep. Okay, so let me tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> you know this already. Those products n- are always in favor of the bank yeah. because they know how to price yep. them, yeah. right? They're there to make money. Yep. But if you are willing to pay to sleep better at night, yep. it's worth it. Yeah. For yeah, me, so I'm much more willing if I'm using other people's money, yeah. then I'm going to put a rate cap on yeah. it. If it's my own money, I'm like, well, I'm I'm okay with some risk. Yeah. If it's my money. Yeah. 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 So instead, I've chosen to take the risk instead, like leave cash per apartment yep. to be able to like sustain, not just like one month or three, but like a year. Yeah. So at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're going to still buy? You're going to take a little break until real estate comes back down again? Or are you going to start buying in America where you can still find cash flow? Yeah. I would love to buy more in America, but right now I'm focusing on developments. Okay. And right now uh, I'm an equity partner on uh, development. Not with that terrible Katie Neeson, right? <laughs> What's that? Not with that terrible Katie Neeson. <laughs> Hopefully not anywhere connected to her. Uh, uh, development in the U.S.? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. In Texas. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? I, um, dude, that was a, a deep question <laughs> I wasn't prepared for. Uh, <laughs> okay, Katie's let in me, the room, okay, by the way. so that's let why. me tell, yeah, that's yes. what Katie sits right next to me. Okay, yeah. let me tell you why. Okay. At one of the masterminds, okay. I was, I don't, I don't think you know this. Maybe I told you, but you probably forgot. I don't listen to most we of what you say. We had the hot seat situation. Okay, yeah. So small groups were like four or five people. You sit in the hot seat and you get asked a bunch of questions. Is that the close on one or close off one? Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> don't Just tell kidding. them. Just kidding, everyone. All right, keep going. <laughs> bunch, so you're in the hot like, Shut seat. Shut this podcast off. This is a pervert. All right. You're in the hot seat well, yeah. and the tunes are on and you go, yep. leave yep. the hat okay. on. <laughs> and uh, anyway, sorry, derailed us. Anyway, uh, anyway, you're in the hot seat. So at this point, my group, they know my business. They know what I'm doing. They know my challenges. And Mike Trackers, who lives yep. here in Maui, yep. he goes, Maria, what if you could gain an equity position against your design knowledge? Mm. And I'm like, what? Is that a thing? 15 minutes later, I go up to the hotel room that I share with Katie Neeson, Katie develops on Instagram, and she goes, Maria, she was not in my group. She had no idea this discussion had happened 15 minutes earlier. And she goes, I have a proposition for you. I'm like, cool. What is it? (laughs) Do I take my clothes off now? (laughs) Now or later. Okay. There's a lot of propositioning going on here. (laughs) Yeah. And she goes, how would you feel about coming on as a designer on one of my development deals and getting an equity Mm. portion for that. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I'm like, the universe is just like lined up and the stars. Yeah. So that, that's why I um, was afraid for a lot of things, afraid of using other people's money, afraid of doing bigger deals, afraid of this and that. And so I'd learned a couple of things at at that mastermind. Number one, 
stop saying you're afraid mm. and start doing. Yeah. <laughs> Two, like start doing as if you weren't. <laughs> Two, do it with people who make you less afraid. So now that I'm doing yeah. it with Katie, there's like, there's zero fear. Yeah. It's it's excitement. So the yeah. thing I've been saying lately a lot is align yourself with people who make the impossible look like Tuesday morning. Right? Yeah, I, I love that. I love that concept of like, yeah, like even for me, like development of a project would be huge. Yeah. But for Katie, it's like a Tuesday morning. It's just like a normal thing she just does. And yeah. so, yeah, design for me feels overwhelming and impossible. For for you, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just what I do. It's easy, right? Yeah. For uh, fitness, right? Like I look around guys like my buddy Gabe Hamill and I'm just like, man, not eating Oreos is like impossible. When there's an <laughs> Oreo on the counter, I want to eat it. But for him, it's like, why would you ever eat it? So when you align yourself with people who make the impossible look like a Tuesday morning, yeah, it just like all of a sudden you get a little bit of them in you. Like you get a little yeah. bit of their courage and strength and, and mindset and philosophy, whatever you call it, actions. Like you get that in you a little bit and you become a little bit more aligned with who you desire to be. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Hey, yo, it's Brandon. This is that ad spot we mentioned earlier. Like you heard, 100% of this week's ad revenue is going toward a charity of the guest choosing. So here's that ad spot. By listening, you're making a real financial impact on the world. Today's sponsor is the Real Estate Investing Summit in Maui. Yeah, that's actually the conference I'm throwing here in Hawaii. It's going to be a two-day in-person event at the Grand Hyatt in Kanapali, Hawaii on Maui, May 22nd and 23rd, 2023. This is a dual track event, which means we're going to have Two tracks at one time, one for new investors, one for experienced investors, and you can pick whatever one you want to go to. we got speakers lined up like David Green, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, Jay Papazan, investor and author of The One Thing, uh, Wendy Papazan, Tarl Yarber, AJ Osborne, Rich and Kathy Fetke, Brian Burke, and me, of course, and a whole lot more. And while this event is part of the accountability mastermind I run called The Better Life Tribe, we're actually opening up the few remaining tickets for the general population right now. So yeah, that actually means you can come if you hurry and uh, get your tickets. And you should, if you wanna lean into investing in real estate to fund your future, you'll network with speakers and attendees, you'll get a ton of knowledge and wisdom about strategies and tactics that are working now, and you'll make some great friends at the same time. Now look, we only have 300 total spots for the event. This is not one of those huge two, 3,000 person conferences where you get lost in the crowd. This is intimate, powerful, and life-changing. But because it's small, it's also gonna sell out quick. So for more information, if you wanna come, I'd love to have you. Go to reimaui.com. Again, that is reimaui.com. All right, speaking of mindset, you mentioned you got a mindset coach. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. What does a mindset coach do? Sounds fluffy. Who wants to do oh, that? It's fluffy in all the right places. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about my body. <laughs> my, my nickname to my wife is Fluffy. <laughs> well, my husband calls me a wombat. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. That's great. Okay, I love it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Why um, mindset? What does that do? Why? Well, I believe that, well, number one, your business is a reflection of your personal life. Okay. And before you can go where you want to go, you first got to be who you need to be, right? So it's about becoming. Yeah. And if there's anybody, to what you just said, right? To So who is it Tuesday morning for to dig into your mindset and, uh, and challenge you and, and find, help you find like your resources Mm -hmm. and also help you find your, what's it called? Like the saboteurs, 
It's just getting on some sort of speedway yeah. into the future version of yourself. Yeah, you've read that book, right? Like how to become the f- your mm, future self. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. It's oh, up in my, my house. It is good. I have a pile the 10x of books good one. Have you read the 10x? It hasn't come out yet, but they I've not yet. Did why yes. it hasn't come out yet? You read it? What? Yeah, What's going on here? Special like that. Look at you. Man, <laughs> no, feel... it was a marketing scheme. You should use oh. it. Oh, so they gave okay, a free so or advanced he gave copy. Out, he gave out his transcripts yeah, okay. to everybody who pre-ordered yeah. the book. From, I think I pre-ordered yeah. it too, but yeah, apparently yeah. I'm not cool enough as you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, so anyways, it was one of those things. I'm like, I asked you, I'm like, what's the one thing that took you from 30 to 7,500? And mm. you're like, well, I worked a lot on my mindset and yeah. you, you have a mindset coach. And then I look around to everybody else and the mastermind that I'm in. Yeah. I'm like, everybody has a mindset coach. I'm like, apparently this is the thing that you... You sh- you should do if yeah. you right so you mimic the people that you want to have the life of and that's how you get to your future self faster that's because good. my future self has a mindset coach so <laughs> yeah there you go that's good yeah it, it reminds me of the concept I always like think through like if you want if you want success in any area of your life right just yeah. look at somebody who already has it ask yourself what they do yeah and then do that <laughs> like, yeah it's really I mean, not so, that hard yeah it's so like, yeah I want to be a developer yeah who develops Katie yeah. develops. Okay, what does Katie do? (laughs) She does all these 12 things. She has a mindset coach and she has all this. Okay, great. I'm just going to do that thing, right? And then it's it's like not that hard, right? I want to be, I want to look like Gabe Hamill. Okay, what does Gabe do? He literally goes to conferences. I've been at conferences with Gabe. I always talk about Gabe. What's up, Gabe, if you're listening? Uh, I go to to conferences with Gabe. And the first thing he does is he goes to Whole Foods. And he goes and buys a box of food. He just like buys food. And he eats no meals at the conference. He doesn't go out. He eats all meals. In his room, or he brings the food down to the thing. That's what Gabe does. And I'm yeah. like, I went to an event the other day in LA with David Green, <laughs> and I ate four thousand chips at a bar. Like I, ate, I ate all of the chips. I think they were like asking all the neighborhood bars for their chips because I don't ate all go of to them. LA. There are yeah, no chips yeah, there, left yeah, in there the no city. There are no chips left in LA. I ate all of them because I didn't go to Whole Foods and get a box of food. Like, yeah. like it's so simple. If I want to look like Gabe, do what Gabe does, right? Yeah. It's like the bracelet I was talking about, the WWJD, like we all had, what would Jesus do? It's like yeah. WWGHD, what would Gabe Hamill do? I thought we were <laughs> talking about like wrestling or something. When yeah, said- <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about what would what would Maria, what would Katie Neeson do? WWKND. <laughs> if you want to be a developer, what would she do? And then just go do it. Like, it's not a complicated thing, right? So can I tell you something specific that the mindset coach did with me? I'll allow it. (laughs) You're like, I don't need you to allow me to do anything. I'm a fierce, independent female. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't come here to make no friends. (laughs) All right, tell me. She helped me. Well, first of all, she asked me this question. She's like, how do you know you're being true to yourself? Mm. And I'm like, syntax error, I don't even know what yeah. that means. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Can you unpack that a little bit? So that was one thing that we spent time on to understand how I can be true to myself. But as a part of that, we did an exercise to figure out my values, right? Mm. Going back to that alignment thing, like how can you know you're aligned if you don't know what your values are based on, based on like not what's the surroundings, not what you people, not what your parents, like all that jazz, but like how you're being true to yourself. So I got a list of, I think, eight values out of that. And they surprised me. Number one was growth for me. 
And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to have to be okay with being afraid and nervous and like choosing the hard. Because growth is a value? Because that is the one thing that will like bring me joy the most because I know that I'm being true to myself then. Any other values you want to share? <laughs> yeah, one was father mucking rebel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was about it. I just made that up. That's not like in there. And uh, it just reminded me of like, I, I'm different and that there can be a quality in that. And that's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like core values in a company. Yeah. It's just, but instead of core values in a company, this is what I believe. This is what I value. Yeah. Yeah. Joy was one, a big one in there. Mm. And then, like, beauty or creativity is a big one for me. So, like, drove me uh, into, like, the, the passion of, uh, of seeing potential yeah. in, uh, in people, which is the coaching, and, and then in places or in, in houses, like with Katie in the development or uh, renovations for apartments. So that's why. Where do you... Where do you derive your joy from? Like in a given day, let's just say, mm. like, where do you find yourself lost in flow and mm. happiness and joy? You're like, I'm in it right now. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I win. I uh, answer first. I lose myself in the forest. Mm. So when I move my body in the forest. Jogging, I, running? Yeah, I go trail running. Mm. Yeah. And, and that also, so maybe it's the rebel part a little bit. So it was a specific moment. I go out and I run and it's always the same path. It's this um, lit up trail in the forest next to our house or like close to our house. And then one day I'm like, I see there's a little, what do you call it? Like a little path. Side path. Uh, yeah, Side not, yeah, not, yeah, not even, <laughs> not even a path, but yeah. just like into the forest mm. and i'm like a deer trail yeah some sort of <laughs> following the wild animals <laughs> right. so i just pop into the woods yeah. and i all of a sudden i come alive and it was such an amazing analogy for me of like oh that's right i'm not i get a mm-hmm. i get alive by trailblazing yep. if you will like running where other people haven't or my feet all of a sudden like i needed to not just look straight down but look 10 feet ahead and i'm like dude there's so many good metaphors in yeah. here for life and business and i could go the path but that was kind of boring i'm not aligned right because all of a sudden i'm like no this is yeah. like doing different so it's like the metaphor of like being the commodity going the wide path that everybody else takes or if you can't compete by being better in that you just go into your little deer (laughs) and you're different i like that a lot yeah you know heather um Heather and her parents, when I lived in Washington, her parents and her used to go to this place called Lake Sylvia. It's in Montesano, Washington. Mm. Like all growing up, Heather would go there. And it was a it was a nice, really beautiful lake. And it had two hiking trails, paths, whatever you want to call it. Very well-worn gravel, like three-mile loop, two-mile loop, whatever. And they would love to go on that. They would just walk yeah. on this path all the time. I absolutely hated it. Like yeah. it was, I hated it. And like I could never realize why I hated it. I just never wanted to go with. And I would yeah. like... And then con- contrast that with like when I was like 19, I had some friends and I went hiking in Montana for a church trip. And then like we camped overnight at this place out in the middle of nowhere. And then in the morning when my buddy's like, see that mountain there? Let's see how high we can get on it. 
And so we just left and we hiked all day, just like no trail, yeah. hiked up it. Top five memory of my entire life. Like kids, get you know, marriage, hiking that mountain, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, why did I love that hike? And I hate the hike with my wife and her parents. Had nothing to do with the, the company. It was because one was blazing blazing the trail yeah. and one was walking on one well worn. Yeah. Which speaks to I bet you most entrepreneurs would probably prefer to go up a mountain that doesn't have a trail than walk yeah. on a straight path. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for making my story a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did think while you were talking about that, like as you give speeches in the future or you do content, whatever, yeah. like uh, I would love to see like, like I, could, I could totally vi- visualize this conversation where you're like, you know, I'm out running and like you're telling the story. So it's raining, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And then I see this path. Yeah. And I see that I can just keep going the trail that I've been running for weeks and months at a time. Uh, and then I see this other path and I don't know where it leads, but I take it anyway. Yeah. Right. And it reminds me of Robert Stevenson. Is that him? That the the uh, trail. What is it? The I'm gonna butcher the the poem, but tra- the path less take yeah, path not taken. Whatever. Like that. Uh, I came a, a a yellow wood. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? What's that? What's no. that famous? Shoot, I'm gonna sound like a complete moron here. I'm gonna make you work. It's a for very it. <laughs> famous, like the most famous poem of all time. Uh, I even had a song about it. I sang in like fifth grade. There were two paths, and I'm glad I took the one less traveled. The road less traveled, maybe. Yeah. What is that poem about the road less traveled? Let's see if it knows. Robert Frost, The Road Robert Not Frost. Taken. Yeah, well, that sounds familiar. That's what it is. I figured it out. Thank you, Siri. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood, then took the other as just as fair. And having, that's as far as I got on my watch before it cut me off. Anyway. Yeah. I could see that being a story, like a keynote. Like if you were to be a TED talk and then you go into like, you know, like, yeah, there's fear on that path. There's, you don't know what the next step is. Yeah. Tons of metaphors in there. Yeah. But people love stories. And so if you yeah. start with that story, people would love that. Yeah. That is good. All right. Take two. We're going to start have, the whole podcast over. You're going to start with that. Have <laughs> you have you heard uh, Ellen did Generous's version? No, I have not. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh. Never. Oh, dude, now I'm going to butcher hers. Mm. But it's it's about don't don't use the path that others have taken unless you're lost in the woods. Then by all means, yes, use the, the path, path. Yes. <laughs> that you see footsteps on. Which kind of goes back to what we were talking yeah. about earlier, right? If I want to look like Gabe Hamill and get that six pack, I'm going to follow yeah. his path for a while. Like, yeah, and I can eventually for eventually I can see a little another trail and I might go to yep. trail off on that one. Yeah, but. and that's why the work that the mindset coach does yeah. is so important because at some Way to point bring it back. Good job. Dude. Look at you. That's expert podcast oh. guest. At that point, you're like, how am I being true to myself? Right. Yeah. At that point, like this is now boring for me. Yeah. It's the why I need to get into the woods here. So, and I think that's what happened to me. And that's what happened to you too, right? About the, I'm not living up to my full potential. Yeah. I'm not living my best life here. Yeah. And what is it that makes me feel that way? How am I not being true to myself? And, and that's, that's where it gets interesting. Mm. Yeah. Cause to revisit the metaphor, like I, I get a lot of value. If I were to look at my values in life where I find happiness and joy is yeah. largely in climbing a mountain, like metaphorically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when I'm just resting on my laurels, 
Like, why didn't I just continue to do the Bigger Pockets podcast forever? Because yeah. I'd done it for nine years and it was already just cranking good. And it's yeah. like, all right, time to change something up. I need another path. I need another mountain. That's also why, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but Please. you've said them. <laughs> so I'm just repeating them to you. Isn't that also why you don't like the question of like, well, when is enough enough? Yes, yeah. Oh, geez, Because yeah. you're like, well, the day I die. Yeah, yeah that's when enough is enough the day I die. Because otherwise you would stop growing. Yeah, I hate right? that question. Yeah, to I, give some context. Yeah. yeah, it's for people listening. It's like people are, I get it almost every, at least once a week of someone who's like, Brandon, when's enough enough? And you already have thousands of units and you got millions of yeah. dollars. When's enough enough? And they ask it, maybe some people ask it genuinely, but it's usually a one of those questions that's really designed to critique me yeah. and to criticize me in the form of a question. Right. Like, what they want to say is like, you're greedy, man. Yes, exactly. They want to mm. say you're a greedy SOB and therefore yeah. you should stop. I don't want to tell you that. So I'm going to ask you it so you come up with it on your own, right? Like, So and- <laughs> how should they ask that question for it to be a good version of that question? Yeah. I think I asked something mm-hmm. like that on the plane that I think yeah. was a good version, but I want to test you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people have said to me when they've asked that question, they said, literally, I want to know this is not a criticism because I have that same feeling. I want to grow, grow, grow. And I feel like I'm being like greedy. And I'm like, oh yeah, you and I are in the same boat. You can usually yeah. tell what people's impl- uh, question is there. Uh, so I think just, you can, you can feel the heart behind it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, the answer is like, I mean, first of all, I have 7,500 units. Sure. I'm a small percentage of a company with 1,500 investors who all have a share in everything I do. So at the end of the day, like, I don't have that much real. I mean, like. But it sounds yeah, good. It sounds really good. <laughs> it's for like marketing. I say, my portfolio is a yes, multi million dollar exactly. portfolio. It all sounds like... really great. Yeah. There, <laughs> Two and a half. A, yeah. There's a whole. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. We could go in deep on that topic of real estate investors blowing up their, uh, yeah, their egos by the way that they say things like how I many just, doors do you I have? just bought a 10 million yes. dollar with, with uh, through arbitrage yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it a uh, house by yeah, the sea yeah, in yes. Montana oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, the, yeah. the morning Montana? brew video the other day was so wait funny. a minute yeah, yeah. So good. yeah you, need my, you need to be younger I was five years old yeah. I was five years yes, old uh, and it was all <laughs> yeah there's a great video out there for those listening uh, morning brew put it out just recently it's probably old now but by the time you're hearing this but um yeah, and they were just like making fun of how real estate investors just love to like, yeah, no, I was 18. No, I was 12. I was five when I bought my first property. And, yeah. You make the yeah. make the thing sexier yeah, the that sexy, you bought. Yeah. It was a castle house <laughs> cottage on the beach in England. Montana. Yeah, Montana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the ocean in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so oh, real so estate good. investors do it all the time. And we like, I'm yeah. guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Um, and at some level, you can say the truth. Which I, the truth is I have 7,500 units, fine. But I'm also very not afraid of saying, yeah, but I own a small piece of that. Like it's not yeah. like, a, but to go back to the one's enough enough, there is like, there is no number because at yeah. the end of the day, like I'm not keeping my money. Like I'm not spending it on, like I'm not spending most of it. I give most of it away yeah. and I'm going to keep doing that. And if you, if I were like, I always ask that question, like what, what am I going to do? Watch soap operas all day? Like I did that at 27. I had enough money to quit my job. I sat on the couch for six months. I watched a ton of Law & Order, which is a phenomenal show. Law & Order, one of the best shows of all time. <laughs> I watched a ton of Law and & Order. And, and Dancing I, with the Stars. Yeah, and Dancing with the Stars. Too. <laughs> and it was miserable. It was miserable. Like there's a reason that when people retire, they die. Like there's st- stats that show this. Like yeah. you can predict somebody's death by when they retire. It's like yeah. a few years later. But when it's money-based, that's when people, That's yeah. right? So my grandpa, he he died at 97 uh, last year or like a year ago. And to his death, like he was still writing his 12th book. 
Like, yeah, why is yeah. that okay? Like, yep. he's thinking of the next project and thinking bigger. But if it's money, then it's like, wait, where is greedy? Like, well, no, I'm just trying to grow. <laughs> yeah, David. <laughs> Getting David a better Green. Version. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. David Green said the, uh, the other day to me while we were sitting eating all the chips in the world in Southern California. <laughs> uh, he said, we're talking about this topic because somebody brought it up to him. When's enough enough? <laughs> and he goes, nobody ever says that about a fitness person. Like, hey, right. man, you already are in shape. Why are you going to the gym again? It's like, yeah, because it makes me feel healthy and good and I want to live long. Like, yeah. like why, why do we treat wealth like there's some number and you have to stop growing in life? Yeah. And so really... When people ask that question, it's because they feel like they nobody wants to be the villain in their own story. Nobody wants to admit that they are not living up to their own expectations. And so yeah. we tear people down that are bigger than us because it makes us feel better. And I do it too. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. I will, you do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will see influencers out there. Like there's a there's a I'm not gonna I won't say their name. Uh okay, I'm gonna say their <laughs> name. Uh hopefully I never hear this. The bucket list family. Yeah. So they are massively successful and popular. Yeah. But when I had seen them online, I was just like, I never I I wouldn't follow them because and I wanted I, I didn't even have a thing to criticize them. I just wanted to know that they were somehow wrong yeah. because it made me feel worse about myself to see this family traveling with their kids and whatever. Like I had to find a way to criticize them. And then I met him in person and they're yeah. amazing. They're incredible people. They deserve yeah. every bit of success they ever got. And I'm like, I just love them now. Like, but why did I have to have that attitude of like, I'm not going to follow them. I'm going to follow them. You know, they yeah. probably, you know, they probably got lucky somehow. Like that's yeah. another, like, I assume they got lucky. And how many people assume that I got lucky and you it, got lucky? I know it's so terrible. Yeah. Cause if we assume somebody's lucky, we, we don't have to face the fact that our ability hasn't got us to where we, where they are yet. Yeah. So, or commitment or yeah, whatever. Or whatever maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's luck involved. Of course there always is, but. So let me ask you that question in a different way about when it's enough enough. How do you know when you are content versus when you are, what's the other word, Katie? Complacent. Complacent. Content versus complacent. Okay. Can I add to that a little bit? Please. So here's something that I, that I struggle with. I want to feel content. I want to find awe and and marvel and like the little things in life and and be content. How do I know, like if I'm feeling off, mm -hmm. if I feel frustrated and as if I'm not living up to my full potential, how do I know that's not just a mindset issue that I just need to learn how to be content mm, yeah. versus maybe I'm just being complacent? Like that's yeah. always a fear of yeah. mine. Like. Am I really content or yeah. am I just complacent? Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> just answer right there. I don't know. Moving on to the next question. Uh, no, I wrestle with this a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded of a, there's a passage in the New Testament where I think Paul says, I have learned to be content in all things. Yeah. Um, whether rich or poor, I've been hungry, I've been shipwrecked, I've been this, I've been this. Like, I'm good no matter what. I'm content. And I love, yeah. I would like, I would love to be there. I would love yeah. to have that like spiritual level of like, I'm content no matter what. But notice also that Paul was the most insane missionary in the history of mankind. I mean, he was traveling continually. Like he got, like, again, he was doing these crazy things. He went before the emperor of Rome to like convince him that Jesus was like the real deal. So it wasn't like his contentness was lack of ambition. Mm. Right. So like, I'm like, okay, well I can be, 
I want to be content, but that doesn't mean I'm not striving for the next level, right? Like I can be perfectly happy. Here's a good way to look at this. Maybe Mm -hmm. I really thought this through, but let me, let me, let me unpack this in my head right now, verbally, um, verbal vomit (laughs) here. My child, Rosie, she is perfect. I love where she's at right now. I'm perfectly content in her ability to read three letter words. I have no, I'm not disappointed in her. I'm not upset with her. She's perfect. Perfect. Do I want her to get better at reading? Yes. So there, I am content and I still have ambition for her. If she doesn't learn, I'll still love her just as much. There's no difference there. But I still want her to grow. Uh, I still think that she has growth to be done. So I don't know. What do you think on that one? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So like we can be content and be perfectly happy where we are, but also have room to grow and we recognize that. I think it goes back to the the grief thing that it's okay to, that you can feel multiple things at the same time, right? You can feel tremendous grief and joy Mm -hmm. and you can be happy and sad and you you can feel content and the next minute it turns into complacency yeah you can two things at one time 100 percent, and that's and that's totally okay yeah i also love the fact that you you can say like i don't know and (laughs) that you uh, the other day you're like yeah i'm nervous for things and i think that's really cool to have a mentor that's like is it human? <laughs> mm, thanks. <laughs> uh, that, thank you. Yeah, it's an interesting, yeah, the, the, I, I, I have struggled with that. I've asked other people that, like, really successful people. And, again, it's like the heart behind it is not to criticize people of, like, hey, you got enough. Why don't you be content? Because, again, you'd just be bored. Yeah. Um, but, so, like, you know, I've heard of people, like, there's, I've heard of, like, I don't know if it's celebrities, what do you call them, like, speakers, writers. Somebody had talked about how they, they sleep on the floor. Like, once a week, they sleep on their floor to remind mm. themselves all the time. Or one of my favorite books of the last 12 months I read, uh, I read two amazing books that, I mean, I've read a lot more, but two amazing that stand out was one was called The Comfort Crisis. Ah. Uh, and it's really good. It's all about just, like, the stuff we go through in, in our world today, America, but just the world in general, we're so pampered yeah. that the average human spends like seven minutes a day outside of air conditioning. Like we're always in it. Like we just go from our car to our house, to our office, to our car, to our coffee shop. Everything's air conditioning, especially if you're in a hot, hot environment. My buddy, Alex, actually, Alex Felice, the one who's like the kind of podcast, uh, the creative director at Better Life. He has a thing he calls the hundred year test. Mm. He says, Anything that didn't exist 100 years ago, you're not allowed to complain about. And so anything you want to complain about anything, if it didn't exist 100 years ago, you have no right to complain. So it's like, ah. and I really, I really like that because like, they just show like for all of human history, we've been one way. And then the last 100 years, we just got really spoiled. Yeah. Like, we can complain about some stuff. Some stuff sucks. And it's like, you know, disease yeah. and death and pain and suffering. Now yeah, we can talk about that and complain about it. But my air conditioning broke. <laughs> my bed's too soft. So my back's a little sore. Like... Yeah, it, yeah, I like that. Yeah, so the comfort crisis is all about that. Uh, the second book that I read that made a big impact was called "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry." I love that. that oh, oh, yeah, it changed everything for oh, me. Just because like that rush of hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah. Like why don't we? It just it takes like the wisdom of like Jesus and other like you know yeah. Christian leaders, but it says, how do we take that? idea and slow down but it works as a book even if you're not christian in my mind like it's yeah two people that i know like the most are like super like non-christian like atheists and they both love the book well can i share one book that i dig please that was actually giving me one of my questions coming up here was three books i'm gonna shift this question and then we'll slowly start to wrap this up but yeah three books that have made a massive impact on your life yeah 
Go. So the first one is going to be the second mountain. The second mountain. Never even heard Have of that. You, really? Dude. Oh, right. Wow. Is it in Finnish though? Is it like, <laughs> no, well, no, like it is. am I going to read it and like, like, I don't understand. <laughs> It is not in Finnish, but I have to read a passage from it because, okay, so here's the situation. We reached a goal of some level of financial freedom. Okay. I'm running and I'm listening to this book. I've reached freedom and I'm not happy. I feel empty and it feels like a hoax. I'm like, this, what is happening? I feel frustrated and misaligned. And then this comes up. Turns out freedom isn't an ocean you want to spend the rest of your life in. Freedom is a river you want to get across so you can plant yourself on the other side and fully commit to something. Mm. Right? So the the entire (laughs) precipice, is that the the word, of the book is that the first mountain that you build is like a mountain of acquisition, right? You, uh, It's ego. You figure out like what you need, making your life nice, like all the comforts in place, that sort of thing. And then you, when you reach that top, the only way to come is down. And I found myself in the valley and I'm realizing that the second mountain is the mountain of acquisition. No, the first one is acquisition and the other one is, is the mountain of... Um, and I forgot. Give me a second. Acquisition and contribution. Contribution. That's the word. Right. Yeah. English is my third language. So <laughs> just hey, I don't want to hear putting excuses, that out right. there out of five. So <laughs> well, well, I know one. So, you know, what first is the best. Barely. The... <laughs> All right. So Barely. you've got the mountain of acquisition and the mountain of contribution. Okay. And I think that's where my coaching came in as well. So how can I take this knowledge that the first mountain had given me and start giving back and uh, um, and building a community? And that's exactly what you've done with Better Life, right? And, and there's something just so meaningful in what you've done with the masterminds. Katie's sitting here next to me, like you've enabled us to do things that, we didn't even think were possible. Just like the curation of that community is something that, I don't know, just lights my fire up. And now that I've hired people, so Kelsey, you've, you've met Kelsey. I've met she her broke several in. times through the window. <laughs> she yes. broke into your Airbnb. Kelsey through the window. What's her last name? Kelsey Lake. So Kelsey through the window Lake, that's what we're going to call her. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh man, that's yeah, a good story for another time. Yeah, let's just say she broke into an Airbnb because we didn't have keys. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, mm. yeah, I knew she was a keeper when she dislocated yep. her shoulder that's what you, <laughs> for yeah. me to get into the house. Yeah, she took one awesome. for the team. <laughs> yeah. So when I hired Kelsey, all of a sudden my goals weren't around me, like increasing our net worth, yeah. or all of a sudden it's like I want her to buy her first real estate investing deal. I want her to become financially yeah. stable. I want her to do all these things. I want her to uh, become an entrepreneur herself. And like, that is yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, she's you know changed what? everything. When is enough enough for you? I mean, like, <laughs> right? Like, why can't you just be content with what you have and just yeah. go and watch TV every day? <laughs> Right. Yeah. That was the other part of that that answer to that question earlier. Like when people are like, one's enough enough. I'm like, well, if I can help 200 families put food on the table and have a better career that they love instead of 100, why wouldn't I do that? Like it's, it's just reframing. Like, yeah, I work for them. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk once say that. Somebody said, hey, in four words, no, he said, they said in three words, give us your best advice on being a leader. 
And he mm. was like, yeah, I work for them. <laughs> He's like, I can't do it in three <laughs> words. I can do it in four. I work for them. And it was such a profound statement of like, yeah, yeah. as a leader, we work for our teams. Like we work as syndicators, we work for our investors uh, mm. as a, you know, I don't want to call it a charity, whatever we call better life. I don't even know. It's a for-profit that gives all the money away to nonprofit. Like we work for- For uh, purpose. Yeah, for purpose. Yeah. For the women and children, we're going to rescue out of human trafficking. Like that's why. And what's great about that second mountain concept is that mountain does, A, you don't get burned out as easily. And yeah. B, there's no top. Like, yeah. like, it's not like, okay, now I got financial freedom. It's like, there's still a lot of people out there that are in, that are in human traffic and it's getting worse. Yeah. So like, it gives me a purpose. It gives me, you know, a mission. It gets me a lot that, uh, yeah, that significance piece, the contribution is powerful. And that was something that you told me as well. When I asked I you, I said like, a lot of good things to you. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is wonderful. It's because I pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them two ears mm, and well, one mouth. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said that, I can't remember what I asked, but you said you celebrate with the team is one of the ways where you uh, where you know that that brings you the contentment, I think. Maybe yeah. it was the contentment question that I asked you, like, how do you know or what can you do to improve that? And and that really sparked something in me, right? Because I'm like, 100% is easy for me to feel content yeah. if my team is content, yes. right? All of a sudden, you're like... I did good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. cool. That's a good feeling. Yeah. All right. So that was one book. Yeah. Two more books. Okay. Second one, how to become your future self faster. Okay. Ben that's Hardy. Ben Hardy. Yeah. Dr. Benjamin so, Hardy. Yeah. What blew me away in that was the thought of, I'd rather fail as my future self mm. in it, instead of succeeding as my current self. Who's your future self? My future self is confident. Okay. <laughs> We talked a lot about that. I try, I struggle with that. My future self has helped a hundred people reach financial freedom, has built a community of thousands of uh, growth-minded people, and uh, she's filthy rich. Filthy rich, <laughs> <laughs> and she's created a lot of beautiful buildings, so mm. like beautiful homes yeah. for people. Yeah, the beauty part. Yes, that's a passion. Yeah. I like that. That's what I think is where part of the value of the vivid vision comes in. Is like when I wrote my vivid vision, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, there's a book by Cameron Harold called Vivid Vision. I read it and I wrote up a vision on my wall. It's actually sitting about six inches from my head right now. And it's like, <laughs> this is what my future company looks like. But it was more than that. I mean, there's literally a section there that says that I've got tattoos and. I don't know, which I have some now, but I need more. I'm wearing flip flops and board shorts. Like, like it's 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 a vision of me. It's my future company and my future self, my yeah. future like. And when you really spec that out, now you can just kind of reverse engineer it. Yeah. But majority of the world doesn't know where they're going, and so they don't know how to get there. You want to know something creepy? Please. About the vision that I wrote almost a year ago at the last mastermind. I wrote that my. Uh, company goes on yearly company retreats mm. and next year we're gonna bike down a volcano mm. and that's what we're doing tomorrow. and tomorrow we're biking down a volcano <laughs> the only thing volcano. is kelsey is kelsey's not here but mm. katie is my Katie's business here. partner there you go so i'm like Close that enough. counts that counts yeah and that like blows my mind that there's no way for me yeah. to know that that was that's gonna cool happen so well, let's hope the rain doesn't wash us out. <laughs> yeah. In which case, we'll do it next year. <laughs> there's such power to that, though. Like there, there's something just magical about 
you know, casting a vision and almost subconsciously it comes true sometimes. Yeah. Like I did a, um, I did a vision board. So if anybody's never done this before, it's a great practice. Get a bunch of old magazines. You can go to your library. They're always throwing them away. And so just get like a 20, 30 magazines. Grab some friends to do it with them. It's a really fun activity. We should actually do that sometime for a mastermind. I'd love that. Huge stack of magazines. You just all sit in a big circle around them and you just clip. You just take, cut out pictures of things you want and you just glue them to a board. It's very like, you know, third grade, but it's like, you just put all the stuff on there. And yeah, I looked at mine when I moved, it was like, mine was kind of a big board. When I moved, I took a picture of it. Um, that way I'd have it and then I could reprint it if I wanted to, but I ended up throwing it away because it was just so big and I was moving to Hawaii in a room. But anyway, I pulled it out like, I don't know, a year ago and I was looking at it and I, w- I hadn't looked at it in like four years. But I was shocked at how many of these little things on there had come true. Yeah. Like just a, a sh- almost all of them were like, oh, my gosh, this is my real life right now. Yeah. And like because I put it out there and I don't I don't think it's just like this like the law of attraction. Like I put it out there and the universe made it happen. Maybe there's some of that. But there's mm-hmm. just something something there. Do you know um, the neuroscience behind that? Mm, tell me. <laughs> so something. I, I teach my coaches is exactly that. Is that a word, coaches? It is now. Mm, I like it. <laughs> One of the reasons why it's so important to do that work is that when you start by, here's where I'm at now, and here's the next step that I can take, you will ignite the conscious part of your brain. And that's about 5% of your brain capacity. If you flip it around and do it your way, which is the vivid vision way of like, what sounds amazing, you ignite your subconscious and that is 95% of the brain. So what that does is your subconscious is actively working and seeking out opportunities that you're not even conscious of and finding those people like taking you to those places, signing up for the mentorships or like it becomes conscious things, but you're driven there by the subconscious. So, and that was one thing that I learned there too of like, don't start by what you're doing now. Like with you guys in bigger pockets, you told me you went to the board yeah. and you're like, all right, so we're doing really great. This is where we're yeah. at. We have all these millions yep. of listeners. And, and then here's what we're going to do with and it. And here's where we're going. Yep. And that dude in the board, he's like, well, tell me what's possible. Yeah. And yeah, you're stop like, telling me what, what you have and what you can do with yeah. it. Tell me what's possible oh. and what you need to get there. Change yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. changing mine as well. That's two books. Book number three that changed mm. your life. Besides all of mine, obviously. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a, a fluffy one. It's called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. Mm, I've heard that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone grieving or for anybody who has family and friends in grief. That's a really, really good book. And even beyond, if you're not grieving, like, I think it just, it's about the fact that it's okay to not feel great all the time. So yeah, that w- that one saved me in many ways. Mm. Well, with that said, I think it's time to get you out of here. We're going to have some we need pizza, food. Heard, oh, dude, I need food so yeah, bad. Domino's indoors. I think we're doing like, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're doing a fancy pizza party <laughs> uh, about three blocks from here. And it's pouring rain. Well, it's kind of dried up a little bit. It's not pouring right now. Uh, where do people connect with you at? Instagram. Maria Instagram. loves real estate. Maria loves real estate. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said, let's go get some pizza. Yes. Thank you. 
And that is the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of A Better Life with Brandon Turner. I hope you enjoyed the insights and the wisdom uh, brought to you today on this show. If you found value in this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Your feedback actually does help us improve the show. We look at the feedback. I look at the feedback. And we can reach more people with our message of living a better life. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow me on social, Beardy Brandon. And hey, before I go, this show is all about the habits, actions, and beliefs that can give you a better life. But in case you're interested and you want to know my opinion on what it takes to live the best life ever, and that includes some of my kind of weird spiritual beliefs maybe, check out abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Abetterlife.com slash bestlife. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time on A Better Life with Brandon Turner.